Welcome to Houndstooth Heroes, brought to you by Druid City Brewing Company. I'm Greg and he's Ellis, and we are coming to you live as hell from Nashville, Tennessee, and Santa Fe, New Mexico. You can find us on the website at houndstoothheroes.com, on Twitter at htoothheroes, or maybe on Facebook, which has a dating feature now. You can hook up with Karen, the anti-vaxxer from Cosmetology School, so blessed be. What is in your glass, Metsy? You know, Gregory, I have found myself on something of a cider kick. Uh, there, there was a time in my life when I would have been afraid to admit that, but uh, there's some nice new local cider guys popping up, and I've got a successful based disc and cider. Okay, well, good for you. Um, I'm having once again. I'm back on Palomas because frescas are cheap. You know, I'm all about a fresca. Mm. Uh, so anyway, let's get this party started. When last we spoke, Alabama football was headed into the season opener against Duke. Your Tide took care of Duke and then hosted New Mexico State in the Sun Bowl. Not the one in El Paso. It may as well have been on the Sun itself. Uh, do you have any real takeaways from those games, Metsy? Concerns, if you will. Besides concern about heat stroke, which we will get to. Uh, yeah. Not especially. The Duke game gave me a little pause. Of course, it was nothing, nothing at the end of the first quarter. But the offense eventually started clicking. The defense feels very good. And I think any uh, qualms I had about a slow start offensively were put at ease against New Mexico State. Uh, New Mexico State, good for what ails you. And yeah. I'm, I'm feeling decent, more decent than normal. How about yourself? I got a few. I mean, again, we started very slow against Duke, but that's not unusual. We start slow in all these first games. Uh, the running game seemed sort of iffy. Uh, Najee Harris wants to finesse everything, and we don't really seem to have a, a power back. Um so, um, you know, that was, I think, a problem. Um, I don't know. The offensive line, um, there doesn't seem to be a, a set lineup, and it shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and a friend of the program said, you know, this is what we do in the beginning. We shuffle our offensive line, and they get better later. But, you know, that's what our gymnastics coach says when we suck. And if I wanted Dana Duckworth coaching football, I'd have indicated as much. Shout out to Dana Duckworth. I, uh, ooh. Ooh. Mike, yeah. Also, shout out to everyone who told us how much they enjoyed the superior sound quality we achieved last week because that has gone down the drain. Uh, right. We're doing our best, people. Uh, I will say, as in regards to shuffling offensive line, uh, Tennessee has spent the first two games shuffling their offensive line, and I just want to be able to point out at any at any point in today's show that they Tennessee volunteer football team now 0-2, Gregory. What is that? Did, what did, the ten, the Tennessee Balls have now lost the first two games. Uh, the first one mm. against Georgia State, who is a power. Right. Of course. I mean, I think. Right. 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 And, and the second against the, the visiting Mormons, the traveling Mormons, which is the traveling Mormon. If you my will. favorite super group um, who came into Neyland and just, just in the cruelest way imaginable, uh, took the Vols to overtime. And then it was kind of. A no, no doubter from that point on. So yeah, just uh, as, as we're talking about offensive linemen, Tennessee also has some offensive linemen on their football team that's now zero and two. That is important to bring up. Yes, yes, thank you. Okay, so now on to something else that we have uh, mentioned a second ago, and you you brought it up and want to get your takes here. That new <coughs> game was ninety seven degrees at kickoff, and yet 
our Dark Lord Saban still complained about student attendance in particular and that people weren't staying for four quarters. Your takes. Yeah, I got a lot of takes on this. Um, first of all, I agree with staying four quarters if you decide to go, but I will make a, an exception when it's a damn health hazard outside. Greg Byrne made a big deal about there being 12 water stations in the stadium, but heroes on the scene said, first of all, they ran out of cups. So, you know, water sta station without cups, not so helpful. Um, and look, 12 stations is about one for every 7,000 people or so. Uh, I said it then, and I said it now. If you're going to a football game in 97 degrees heat, degree heat, that is not normal behavior. You could have paid me not to go, but I damn sure would not pay. Now, that brings up another point that's come out today. Um, apparently, they're going to be tracking people through cell phone usage on terms of like we're going to determine whether you're still in the stadium or not. I don't really, you know, I don't really, I don't. That's mathy. I don't really know how that works. But that's something they're going to do. You got opinions on that? Well, and I know immediately our minds went to the same place, Gregory, and as sort of uh, learned products of the Alabama group. <laughs> it's a no-brainer here. There's going to be a phone boy. So there's going to be a phone boy. That will yeah, be a pledge right. in a blazer with a tie. And probably like some sort of Kroger sack that every every upperclassman can just put their cell phone in, who will then be forced to stay off work orders. Again, putting themselves at great risk for heat stroke. Uh, right. I, I mean, you, you you can't get you can't beat the Greek system, right? It's just no, really. That's kind of the thing is, if you want to leave, you're going to find a way around it. Or honestly, you'll take a different device. You'll take your you know you'll take your little iPad or whatever and and make a pledge, shove it down his pants, and, uh, you know, install your, you know, install the tracking program on that, and take your phone home. But all this begs the question, I can't even get a one-word text out in Bryant-Denny Stadium. How in the hell are they going to track people without Wi-Fi? Red Elephant Club. Man. Fair, fair, fair. That's all I got, yeah. Uh, no, it, it'll be, and I, I'm somewhat offended, Gregory, that you think somebody in the Greek system would have a burner phone of sorts. I think you... Right. I oh, know. Shocking. That seems, that seems out of character. Uh, anyway, there is another 11 o'clock time slot coming up for a home game against Southern Miss in a couple of weeks. It's been much ballyhooed. I mean, the only comfortable places in the SEC and sort of this point in September are really Mizzou, maybe Arkansas, and they get night slots against these trash teams. Everyone has pointed out that LSU regularly, almost as a rule, it's uh, night games against trash teams. Uh, so I, I think it's a legitimate beef. I was proud of Greg Byrne for uh, coming out against the offense on it. Yeah, fair. Uh, one last thing. Um, Gus has weighed in on the issue. I don't know if you happen to have heard them on, on, on Fine mm -hmm. Mom. Uh, not being a fine bond person myself, but somehow it came to my attention. Gus said he'd love the early game because he gets extra time to prepare for next week. Cecil then weighed in saying, you know, maybe Gus needs the extra time. Which I thought was I've hated on Cecil a lot, mostly for that stupid ass haircut he insists on sporting. Right. But he, he has earned some respect this week. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Um, do you want to do your stupid bet, the hot take thing? Oh, you know it, Gregory. It is time, y'all, for the hottest take you're going to hear during this arbitrary time period. What is it? All right. Uh, I don't know that this one is as much of a take as a conspiracy theory that I'm fully buying into. 
And that is that one neighbor of mine, I should say, Philip Fulmer, now spelled with two L's in his first name. Right. Shout out to Tony for that because he was helpful in reminding us that the Tennessee Volunteers football team now has two losses. So there's there's the two L's in Philip mm-hmm. now because yeah. they're 0-2 on the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I think I think current AD Phil Fulmer will be probably interim head football coach by the end of this season and then go ahead and secure the job uh, sometime in the offseason. He's he's really taken a Machiavellian route here. And, you know, as as an experienced overthrower as he is, he, of course, knocked out uh, Johnny Majors to get his original coaching start, uh, is back in this position of power. And he's, he's Littlefinger. He's, <laughs> chaos is a pit. Chaos is a ladder. And I think he is working it all perfectly right now uh, with some help from our dear friend Jeremy Pruitt, who we have never doubted. No, no. Was, was going re- to. I have a tangential matter on this on this take. You know, Fat Phil was fat for a while, then he got really skinny. Now he's fat again. What happened? It was concerning when he got skinny. Right. Uh, I don't know. I wonder if he got tired of people asking if he had develop some terminal disease God, or uh, yeah I, I can't really explain it but it does seem that the fatness is bad yeah. which happens frankly when your football team is 0-2 to start the season uh, yeah that would make me eat too um all right let's move on to the next hot issue Bama scheduling has reared its ugly head again somebody asked Saban about the weak-ass opponents that nobody wants to see in the 90,000 degree heat and he dropped the company line that we can only play the folks that want to play us. So then the reporter got on the case, called the Army scheduling person. He said, yes, they definitely play us. I have thoughts on this, but I want to get yours first. I just don't understand why Saban continues to be something of a punching bag on this when he has come out over and over again or Power Five only conferences, uh, I'm sorry, Power Five only schedules. He does not want to play these games any more than we want to see them. Uh, but it's kind of the way the business is set up right now, and they're you know, they've made some changes in the future so that we'll be playing home and homes against more storied programs, not like Georgia State or BYU, who have both beat Tennessee this right. year. Right, but. Just seems like he gets this treatment a lot to, and is sort of put it out as the face about issues where he's really taken a fine stance. Hmm. I think Saban's full of shit. Um, Oklahoma's playing uh-huh. Army as the example, and go, they are in fact going to West Point next year. Michigan played Army. I am not suggesting that we play Army one day because Army runs that triple option BS, and Army's going to beat somebody instead of just scaring the hell out of them. Uh, and and it, it will eventually be us if we schedule them. So uh, I get there aren't a lot of independents left, and pretty much it has to be one with conference a lot of schools and their schedules usually being set. But I imagine BYU would come. They went to Tennessee, you know. Mm. Yes, mm. yes. How did that, how did they that did, they did win in Tennessee. And frankly, if you'll get a Knoxville, uh-huh. you'll go anywhere. I think, But I, I think the alums would really get behind a service academy, not Army. Uh, and it's a game you can go to without feeling stupid traveling to an inferior school, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. And speaking of that trip in which BYU went to Knoxville and beat the Volunteers, mm-hmm. that was the first game in Neyland Stadium of serving alcohol. Really? 
And I heard lots and lots of conversation about that. I've heard about it at Arkansas, LSU. I don't remember where our beloved alma mater landed on that. Do you have? Well, you know, we're still sneaking handles in. (sighs) Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, that's always been such a deterrent before. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, that's enough of our own sort of rambling, not that we're going to stop, but I do feel like our listeners need some input into this here product. So Gregory, it is time for Ask a Hero. That's right. You sent us questions on htoothheroes.com over the interwebs of some sort, and we have promised to answer at least a couple of them. Great turnout this week. Made it very hard for us to decide, but we'll get to them all eventually slash never. First up, our longtime loyal listener, long-suffering listener, Zach how hard do you think these cocks will be to beat? And Gregory, listen, I know we've got we've got picks coming up, but this seemed like an earnest question about the general hardness of cocks, and I wanted to get your thoughts. Okay. In my experience, except for three hours in 2010, beating a cock has never been a problem. Okay, and checks out. Uh, Hero Trill Gunderson wants to know, are we the unhappiest 2-0 team in the country? Michigan. Michigan, check. And I would also add, uh, we are 2-0, and o, whereas the Tennessee Volunteers football team now 0-2. Finally. Different, yeah. Yeah, yeah. From listener and former guest Adam Condra, who plays linebacker for us now? Gregory, I have to be honest, I really don't even know. Uh, I saw headlines today that a freshman linebacker, Antonio Alfano, has quote-unquote kind of disappeared a little bit, said Dark Lord Saban. What you got? Okay, here's the deal with that dude. I don't know who's playing linebacker for from now because everybody's either injured or doing what this guy did. This guy came in. He is the five-star highest-rated linebacker in the country. And apparently now he's hiking the Appalachian Trail. I don't know where this guy went. What does disappeared for a bit mean? Is he like in witness protection? Mm-hmm. What's happening with this dude? I need some more information. You don't just like disappear for a bit. What if he loved the team movie night so much that he just never left the theater? Could be. Could be. Okay. No, I, don't, I don't love that theory. All right. And that concludes Ask a Hero. Now, Gregory, if there's one thing your boys care about on this podcast, aside, of course, from superior sound quality, it's consistency in our formatting. And a longtime listener may have noticed, shout out to listener Fred. What up, Fred? Uh, We have somewhat strayed from the original intent of this podcast, wherein we just use this time to air our hatred for, well, everything, but particularly the team against which our Crimson Tide is preparing to play. So... Shall we hate? Yes, let's hate. Last week, I mean this week, I, you know, whatever. We're going to turn our attention to South Carolina, the aforementioned Cox. And I have an axe to grind. As I mentioned, I still cannot get 2010 out of my head. Stephen Effing Garcia is not a good quarterback. It would have taken a perfect game for them to beat us in 2010. And guess what? Dude threw for three touchdowns. Alshon Jeffrey could not be stopped. And Marcus Lattimore scored two more touchdowns on the ground. And we lost 35 to 21. And, sir, I am still bitter. I am very bitter. To see the the score 35 to 21, for some reason in my mind, I thought we had had a chance near the end to win that game. I've generally blacked it out from memory. 
except for uh, grabbing a golf club out of the garage, silently walking into my parents' backyard. And I'm glad you said an ax to grind because I then proceeded to do my best to chop down a tree with said golf club until. Well, the, right. The best I can, when you talked about it being close, it kind of got, we mounted what, I don't know, a furious comeback. We were down like, it was like 21 to three or something. It was, it looked bad. Um, and honestly, stat wise, we looked as good as they did. I mean, the numbers wise, but I, I, for some reason, I, it's been nine years. Granted, I'm still bitter, but I don't remember details. Greg McElroy had not a great game. He threw a couple of interceptions. It might have been the problem toward the end. Seems like we were mounting a furious comeback and GMAC screwed it up. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember all the details. I'm sure Samira remember it better than I do. I'm glad you dropped that name because I too was going to give a shout out to Greg McElroy. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's let's go ahead and look to this year's game. You know, 2010, as you mentioned, that was the last time we lost to a team from the Eastern Division, which is hilarious. That mm -hmm. Eastern Division includes, of course, Georgia, but also Tennessee, who has begun the 2019 football season 0 and 2 now. Mm -hmm. uh, South Carolina instead enters this season, enters this game one and one in that they have won a game, but they lost a game that they absolutely had to have in the opening week against UNC. Right. Uh, they don't have Lattimore and Jeffrey this year. Hell, I don't think they even have Steven Garcia. Uh, their starting quarterback broke his foot, but inner freshman Ryan Holinsky, who threw for 300 yards last week, which that's something. Yet it's not really something because it was against Charleston Southern. Also on offense, their only receiver for over, with over 100 yards is a cat named Brian Edwards. He's a big dude. He's 6'3", and he's fast. But like I said, he only has six catches in two games. They've got themselves a Wes Welker back and Shai Smith, a uh, little 5'10", you know, uh, strong motor kind of kid who catches across the middle routes. Running back, they've got a dude by the name of Rico Dowdle, who's averaging 7.1 yards per carry, and that's sort of a lot. Um, but again, Charleston Southern. Uh, what do we know about the uh, Cox on defense? All right. The Cox defense, frankly, can't help but be a little better than they were last year. It was their worst year yet under Coach Boone. Boom, boom, Coach Boone. Shout out to remember the Titans. Uh -huh. <laughs> Coach Boom, uh, his defense gave up 432 yards per game. A lot of that has to do with almost everybody getting hurt at some point. This year, their D-line returns five starters and some decent underclassmen, uh, but their secondary is, I think, worth calling out. It's awfully thin back there. I think Judy Ruggs and Heisman Trophy candidate Jalen Waddell uh, should have a big day against uh, the scrubs they're putting out there. At some point, you know, we're going to have to put a running game together on offense, but this is probably not that day. All right. Um, so it's time to get some wagering where you can lose your home. Um, first up, Florida travels to Kentucky. The Cats are a nine-point dog. Who are you hating there, Metsy? Gregory, I hate a, the Gator. Uh, after that week zero debacle where they managed to squeak out a win against Miami, I will hate this Gator team for the rest of my life and also the rest of the season. I think Felipe Franks is one of the worst starting quarterbacks in recent memory, as I have said on this program, this very program before. I, I like the Cats to cover. Wouldn't be shocked if they went straight up. Huh. Kentucky was a darling of the conference last year when they won in Gainesville and everybody was like all high on Kentucky. Then they ended the season, lost to Georgia and somebody else, and then kind of just went shit. But um, I'm like you, I'm not buying the Mullen hype. Um, like I said, 
All of the media thinks Mullen is a fantastic coach. I think he wears clown shoes. Uh, but I do think Florida exacts its revenge. I think it covers the nine and a half by not much. But I do think Stoops is building something decent in Lexington. But having said that, I think they want some revenge. It is there. Um, I'm going to hate on the Cats. Okay, fair enough. Going down the slate, uh, ee, uh, there's there's not much else. I uh, will throw out there that college game day is at Iowa and Iowa State where the flagship University Hawkeyes are two-point faves. Now, Gregory, I know on this show we are longtime supporters of the Cyclones, yeah. roughly 2011, but being a world traveler and having had the privilege of my life to visit Iowa City earlier this year, I am all over the Hawkeyes. I love that place, fantastic memories, and Gregory, America needs farmers. Who are you hating? Oh, yeah. America does need farmers, I will say that. But I believe with all of my heart uh, that the Iowa State Cyclones are going to pull it out. I believe they're going to win this game straight up. Um, I don't have any particular reason for believing that. Um, I have not seen either one of these teams play. Uh, I like Iowa because they wave at the at the cancer kids. That's neat. But mm-hmm. I think Iowa State is the pick here straight up. All right. Got ourselves a little hero's grudge match right. going out. Uh, okay, well, I guess we will move on to us. As we mentioned, it rolls into Columbia as a 21-point fave. Game time in God's time is 2.30. And Gregory, I, I do just want to preface these picks with one qualification. At the risk of again infuriating whichever meemaw, Carol, on Twitter, told us to keep politics out of our podcast, Gregory and I consider ourselves allies to the the communities of G, B, and T. And if by chance one of us hates Cox this week, I just want to be clear that that should not be taken as any type of homophobic sentiment or statement as we do not wish to get canceled. Right. Okay, thank you. With that out of the way, who are you hating here, Gregory? I've been back and forth. Depends on what we want to do and, of course, the Sark factor. His play calling makes no sense at all. So, honestly, it's hard to say. I do think Carolina slips up and scores some points, Um, 14 maybe or something like that. But I think Tua destroys that secondary. End of the day, I'm hating us because Sandstorm is our kryptonite. Final score, Alabama 34, the South Carolina Cox 14. You. Okay. In favor of the Cox then. I am going to go the other route uh, as – as optimistic as I always try to be, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, think, I think we're going to have a day out there. I think Saban still seemed fired up about the 2010 game and some of his press conferences this week. I think the offense wants to prove something. And maybe most importantly, I think the defense gets on the board this year. I don't believe we've scored any defensive touchdowns or special teams for that matter. Uh, but I love Jalen Waddle back there. And I think somebody on the defense, I... I might go with Patrick Sertan, uh, takes one to the house from whatever the quarterback's name was. Uh, I'm going to go tied 45, Cox 9, hating a cock hard. Hating a hard mm-hmm. cock. All right. That'll do it for another edition of Dick Jokes on Houndstooth Heroes. Remember, you can find us on houndstoothheroes.com or on Twitter at htoothheroes.com. Thanks to Bo and Elliot and all the good folks at Drew City Brewing Company for always keeping us in the tastiest of suds. We hope to talk to you next week. Take us home, Betsy.
who made a dick okay i love you gregory <laughs> love you buddy later little tight little tight now